Ooh. Hi friends. It is five o'clock on March 10th, 2021, and I am donating my kidney tomorrow. I cannot believe that it is tomorrow. Uh, I got the call a few weeks ago from my coordinator. Uh, I had called her asking if I could extend my gig with America's Sweethearts down in Florida um, for a week or so to visit a friend of mine in Alabama because I will have been fully vaccinated by that time. Oh, by the way, I got the COVID vaccine. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, I called her because I was like, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. Obviously, we'll be socially distanced and I'll continue masking down there, but I don't want that to in any way compromise my donation. And she said, funny, you should call because we just found a match. I was like, oh my God, tell me everything. So uh, obviously I ended up canceling the prospective Alabama dates and what ended up happening, thank God, I was still able to do the America Sweethearts gig. Uh, it was a live gig in a real theater. Haven't done that in a hot fucking minute. Uh, down in Florida in Avon Park, um, the entire audience was masked the whole time. It was limited capacity. They were socially distanced. Um, the the ladies of America Sweethearts that I sang with, all of us have been very, very cautious and in our pods this whole time. So Plus, I was vaccinated. So we were as safe as humanly possible. And it went off without a hitch. Um, everybody down there was really, really respectful um, I had nightmares leading up to it that like some douche was going to run up to the stage and like cough all over us just out of spite. And that did not happen. So thanks for nothing, anxiety. But uh, one of the conditions was that I had to get a COVID test while I was in Florida. And that had to come back negative um, in order for me to still donate on the 11th. Uh, and that was more to satisfy New York's quarantine um, situation, because if you're gone for more than 24 hours out of state, uh, outside of the, the like five states around New York, you had to get a test within, I think it's like 48 hours of returning to New York. I don't know. There was a lot of math involved and I didn't bother myself with it. Um, but I was able to get tested at the CVS that was down the street from our uh, hotel Unfortunately, I because of the way that Florida is set up, um, I did not qualify to have my test be covered without an out-of-pocket expense, um, which is some bullshit because in New York, you can get a COVID test anywhere if you want it done within like, you know, a couple of hours and you don't want to wait in line for three hours, then yeah, you'll pay for it. But um, I don't know, maybe it's the same rules. I didn't look into it too much, but Anyway, all this to say, I did not qualify for um, a free test, so I did have to pay out of pocket. I paid $139. Uh, I had to do it in the car. It was a drive-up situation. I had to stick a swab up my nose under the direction of the pharmacist. It was very odd. <laughs> I hope I never have to do that again. It was, it was unpleasant, <laughs> to say the least. But it came back negative. Gracias a Dios. And... Uh, then I had another COVID test on the 8th at the hospital here in New York City after I came back, uh, which also came up negative. So thank God for that. And that was the last thing. I had a, a whole huge set of blood panels on a couple weeks ago, and all of those came back normal. And that was just sort of the last invasive testing um, to make sure that everything was in place. Everything came back great. So it is all systems go. Um, I wanted to do 
one last episode before going in for surgery tomorrow to just sort of talk about what it's like <laughs> um, to to know that I am I am going to be six ounces lighter tomorrow and that somebody else is getting a piece of me in a very literal sense. Um, because I am a non-directed donor, because I do not know the person to whom I am donating, they keep it pretty closed um, for legal reasons, for safety reasons that are all totally um, understandable and I don't, I don't have an issue with any of that. Um, the only, so because of that, the only thing I know about the recipient is that he is a 34-year-old man and he is receiving my kidney on the same day that I donate it at the same hospital. We will be mere rooms away from each other uh, when this happens, which is great, in at least in, in the sense that uh, my kidney does not have to travel far, doesn't have to be packed in, you know, dry ice and flown <laughs> with a courier across the country. It just goes a few yards down the hallway and pops into a 34-year-old man. Um, <laughs> the number of people who've been like, oh my god, this is such a romantic comedy waiting to be written. And I'm like, I'm not above writing that script. Uh, whether or not it will be based on real life experiences remains to be seen. But uh, it is it is wild to think that my recipient is somebody that I may have passed in the street in the 10 years I've lived here in New York. It could be someone I've ridden a subway with. It could be somebody who ate Taco Bell in Times Square with me <laughs> after an audition that I just didn't know. Um, yeah, it's that that part was pretty mind-blowing. And the other thing that's kind of crazy is they found a match in that in a first round of um, basically what they did the last time I did blood panels was they sent out little sample vials essentially of my blood to potential recipients, people who are sort of in that first round of people they go to to see if there's a match because these are the people who are like the most chronic. The, they are the, the sickest and have been on the, li the list the longest. Um, these are the top priority people for, um, for potential donations. And they found a match in that first round which means that this 34-year-old person is one of the most dire cases and one, one of the people most in need of an organ. Um, which I, I, don't, I don't know his medical history, but if he is that high up on the, on the potential recipient list, he, he must be in like really bad shape and or has been on the list for years which means he's probably started having kidney issues when he was in his 20s which considering the shenanigans that I got up to in my 20s it's heartbreaking to think that somebody when I was out making exceedingly poor choices in Berlin at two o'clock in the morning this person may be was on dialysis so it's it's a lot to think about uh, and granted I am absolutely inventing that narrative but <laughs> Uh, this person really, really needed a kidney and they were younger than I am, which is wild. And, and honestly, 
that's part of the reason I wanted to donate in the first place is I have lived a pretty fucking cool ass life <laughs> up to this point. Yes, there has been trauma. Yes, there has been sad times. And we have overcome them all. But, you know, in terms of the cool shit I've gotten to do with my life, I have traveled all over the world. I have sung and danced and partied and took great naps in the sunshine, I have done really cool shit with my life. And I have done it because I am healthy. And that is a privilege. And I recognize that that is a privilege. And one of the things that started this whole journey to becoming a donor was was reading articles, I think I mentioned this in the first episode, was reading articles um, and blog posts about what life is like when you are dealing with kidney failure um, and how everything you do revolves around that issue. You know, if you're on dialysis, you're on it three to four days a week. Um, so you can't go anywhere unless they have a dialysis system that is within your insurance policy network and all that other horseshit. You know, I, I flew to um croatia on a whim <laughs> because i could granted there was plenty but like essentially on a whim and i traveled by myself through the balkans for two weeks because i could because i didn't have to worry about are they going to have a dialysis machine in, in serbia they are they do they're not you know <laughs> they're not, not in the middle of nowhere but i would have had to set everything up in advance and that is something I never had to think about because I was in good health. And people who are in, you know, who have chronic kidney illnesses cannot do that. And life is fucking hard enough as it is. And the idea that I could make it slightly less hard for at least one person was a big reason I decided to do this in the first place. So that is what I'm trying to focus on today being the donation eve uh rather than i don't know i don't i don't feel sad about i actually just thank god i just had my my therapy appointment that i normally have on wednesdays and i mentioned this to my therapist i said at no point during this process have i felt sadness about like loss or grief over the fact that a piece of me will no longer be inside of my body i have not once felt a sense of loss and he said because you're sharing you're not giving up a piece of yourself you're sharing a piece of you and I went oh fuck that's what it is <laughs> that's what that feeling is that I've been unable to put to words for two months guys I love my therapist so much um but that's really what it feels like uh, um I don't feel like I'm going to be diminished in any way I mean, I know I am because my energy levels are going to suck for the first, like, three weeks uh, until my second, my, my remaining bean grows in size and we get back to a little bit of stability. But um, I, I genuinely do not feel like I'm giving up anything by doing this. And I don't know any other way to describe it but that. I'm sure there are people who are far smarter than I am who would have better terminology to describe it, but... It really does feel like I am not giving up anything. I am sharing something. So, uh, I th yeah, I think I'm going to kind of end there. I, I don't have 
a ton else to say other than I am so grateful for everybody who who has offered help, offered words of encouragement, offered love, offered money, offered food, <laughs> um, offered to send me silly things in the mail that they find on Amazon. I, people have been so generous with their time and energy and money even um, since I, I started talking about this. And that honestly has been the hardest thing for me to deal with because I am not used to asking for help, much less accepting help. Why would I do a crazy thing like that when I am a hyper-independent woman who don't need no man or friends or family or people or community? <sighs> Which is a trauma response, I'm aware. We don't have time to unpack all of that. No, no. So I have been struggling to accept the fact that I have people who care about me, who want to help me, and it makes them feel good to help me. And I need to be okay with that. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but for me, it's a big ask. Um, and that has been a bigger challenge for me than the idea that I'm about to undergo surgery. And I mean that genuinely. Whew. Which is weird to say. So that's that's where I'm at <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I am currently only allowed to um, consume liquids, clear liquids, until um, I go into the hospital tomorrow. I have to be there at 9.15 for all the intake stuff, and then the surgery is at 10.45. I will be in the hospital for a day or two, depending on how quickly I am able to like hold down solid food and whatnot. And then I'm going to be home, um, recuperating, taking it easy, doing craps, being lazy, watching Netflix, living my best life. Um, and that's that's pretty much going to be my life for the next month and a half or so is just really focusing on healing. And I will I will do another podcast update on that and how my hospital stay goes. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of on the precipice right now. So the next time you hear from me, I will be one kidney short, <laughs> but hopefully much fuller of, of compassion for humanity because a piece of me will exist in somebody else in a very literal sense, um, which is just fucking nuts to think about. So thank you for listening, and I will see you again shortly. Have a great one.